Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It is Wednesday, which means it's time for the front three with me, Adam Bolt, with the one and only Lawrence McKenna. Welcome back. Statman himself, Dave O'Brien. Hello. And Chris Hennage is here as well. Good evening. The whole gang is here, guys. We're going to be going through all the news from the past week, the transfer done deals, some of the rumours. We're also going to be getting into some of your questions. So many questions coming in on Twitter, as always. Before we get into that, guys, as always, comment of the week. A couple of reviews on iTunes this week. First up, from Lord Suffus. Uh, all the way from Norway, writing in a five-star review. He said, mm. this is a great podcast as the banter stats and narrative blend to a great podcast, as long as they don't talk about politics, as you might get angry at them, but the footy banter is great. Uh, now, uh, we, this- we should probably address that for a second, because well, you, <sighs> you two upset like quite a few. We seem to. To put it, but right-wing... Do it again. Now, I, 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 I feel like we made a fairly innocuous comment in that we we sort of said, uh, well, I was sort of expressing a little bit of frustration where when people say all lives matter as if uh, the Black Lives Matter movement is, uh, I don't know, is some sort of exclusionary call, you know, the only Black Lives Matter. I, was just, I, I thought that was very innocuous. I didn't think that was too offensive, but... Wow, we got quite a few uh, negative comments on that one. And such as this podcast, telling us not to talk about politics, essentially. Um, it still gave us five stars. Still gave us five stars. Don't go back five to change your review. We did also, though. Do you not think that football is like inherently linked with politics? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. That In that instance, it definitely wasn't. Um, but I don't think we should... We should be scared to give our opinions. Um, you know, we can all disagree on stuff. You know, I've got an opinion on stuff. Dave has, Lawrence has. That's the beauty of it. We've got opinions on other things other than football. Um, and I think you know, if we express them, you know, just you feel free to disagree with us. Um, you can't really. Say, I don't I mean, think we can really exclude say. it if we, you know, if it sort of creeps into the conversation. Do you not um, think it's a bit weird that people say things like it's a working man's game, and then which is inherently like a political statement. Yeah, it was, I don't know. I, I don't feel like anything we said was too inflammatory either. But at the same time, you know, we had a few comments saying, "Oh, you don't live in America. You don't understand what it's like." And uh, obviously, it's um, it's very divided. Um, we also got a one-star review, guys, from Justice Warrior from Canada, and they were pretty upset as well. 
about a completely different oh. issue has to be said. Um, mm. He said, if you could all take your tongues out of Ronaldo's ass, that would be much appreciated. Thanks. <laughs> um, now, I, f- I find this quite funny because last week we said, <laughs> me and Dave were saying, oh, we were worried we're a bit anti-Ronaldo quite a lot of the time. We gave him quite a lot of criticism. Uh, worried we're a bit up at Messi's ass, essentially. But apparently we've got to take our tongues out of Ronaldo's rear end. Um, Where do we put them on the finish? Yes, exactly. Well said. Uh, so we'll try to. Uh, we'll, we'll try. I don't think we did, but we'll try to. Um, but thank you so I much for your review. One star, though, does it? I mean, apparently it does. Uh, I'm not quite sure what we said that was so uh, pro Ronaldo that so annoyed the Justice Warrior from Canada. But like, you thank you for your review anyway. What, I, what did I say? I think I, think I you made You love Ronaldo, you want to marry him, you know, you oh, yeah, want to have his babies, he's the that, best thing that ever that was a bit overboard, touched the world was, and all this rubbish. Um, guys, you can leave your reviews, be it five stars, be it one star, give us some good feedback. I appreciate all feedback, such as get your tongue out of Ronaldo's rear end. Um, all you have to do is click <laughs> the link in the description of this podcast. A little link will take you straight to the page on iTunes where you can review the podcast. It helps other people find the front free. So every time you do it, it's much appreciated by all of us. With that in mind, guys, let's get into the news. Big piece of news today. The big story, of course, is Gonzalo Higuain sealing a £75.3 million move from Napoli to Juventus, becoming the third most expensive player in history. Now, Lawrence, a lot of, you know, a lot of criticism from some about this fee. I was finding finding hard to wrap my head around it, considering you know he's 28 years old and he only had a couple of years on his contract. I put that out on Twitter, but a lot of people hitting me back with you know they're doing a Bayern Munich move, they're stealing the star player from a rival. This guy's at the peak of his career. It's already ensured Juventus is going to win Serie A. It's going to help them take him to that next level in terms of the UEFA Champions League. What do you make of this? Because the fee just seems so. I mean, extortion. I mean, they have sort of. Not even sort of. They've they've lacked um, a striking focal point uh, outside of Dybala and maybe what most people consider like um, sort of stopgap strikers for them since maybe Carlos Tevez left the club. Um, and this this certainly gives them that focus again. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing where he fits into the formation. I'm also looking forward to seeing uh, how Na- how Napoli spend that money um, if slash if Napoli spend that money. Um, mm. But again, it's kind of the monopoly and the fact that Juventus have almost been allowed into this position in the first place um, by the league. Uh, you know, the, the fact that two Milan clubs just seem to be dawdling behind them. Napoli obviously uh, put the release clause in and are probably, for that reason, very happy to receive that money in that sense. Um, and then a couple of, the, you know, Fiorentina, etc. The clubs, the, the league sort of worked itself into this position where it was always going to happen. Um, but... <laughs> I'm less worried about the money side of things. You know, if they've got the money, then they're going to spend it, and they probably will. Hmm. Um, It doesn't. The price isn't really relevant with him, is it? Just the the thing that surprised me was I I tried to. I understand that he. I mean, he scored 36 goals last season, which is incredible. But I was just record breaking. Exactly. Exactly. But the thing that surprised me was essentially his age and maybe the fact that you know there are a few question marks over him especially for Argentina Chris but why didn't they go for someone I know Lukaku is maybe not the greatest striker in the world himself I was thinking though he's young he's potentially got that sell on value does it speak more to the fact that you know there are very few world class strikers out there this is the money you have to pay if you want to get a goal scorer who is going to get you this incredible return I think they looked at the market and saw 
the striker and Higuain he was the most likely to deliver what they want. They've essentially, I think, put a price on the Champions League. I think this is why they've bought him. They've bought him solely to attack Europe with mm. some kind of concerted effort because similar, I think, to, to Bayern Munich in Germany um, and PSG in France, you've now got really a, a bit of a runaway leader for the domestic title to the point where you can almost consider that situation a foregone conclusion and then you're actually planning for the continental competition, in this case the Champions League. Um, it, it is very concerning to see so many leagues fall into that sort of situation every season. And as I say, I'm, I'm personally not convinced that he's worth that. I think if you look at even just Argentina, the, the three big misses in three finals, actually in three years, I tend to fall on the side of those who say that when the big moment occurs, Higuain is often found wanting. And I think to spend that much money, I really think the advantage you're going to gain is really going to be minimal over the course of the season. And I'll be surprised if, if Juventus do win the Champions League. Do you think, though, that they are, they're betting that he will get them there and that, that you know there's a, there's a team there which will win the Champions League, not just this star striker? Of, of course, they, they've not bought a talisman by any stretch. I think if you look at the actual someone, it might have been one of the Juventus fan sites or Twitter accounts, they did a, a first team and a second team in formation. And it's it's easily the strongest squad in Italy. You could argue mm. it's one of the strongest in Europe, actually, in terms of depth and, and options. I still think that if you put, let's say, Higuain in that final that they reached against Barcelona, I don't think it makes a massive difference. I, equally, the, the same with the, the way they went out uh, in the season that's just gone. Again, I just don't see that massive difference. I'd have been tempted to spend the money on Alvaro Morata because you've got more long-term with him. I think you've got a potential to grow. And you've got someone that does actually offer you something that you really need, which is a player that can come off the bench and change Champions League games, which is something he actually did for them. So to me, for a team that has so consistently over the last sort of five, six years shopped expertly and been very astute in the market I'm surprised to see them make this move although in fairness <laughs> ah screw it yeah, it is weird we have uh, <laughs> we've, we've saved money elsewhere let's just pile it all on one isn't it I think Dave what do you think of this because I think Kristen brings up an interesting point. I'm trying to say, why didn't they go for that sort of young striker with that sell-on value Chris points to Alvaro and Morata do you think are there mitigating factors in the fact that Higuain Higuain almost guarantees you a certain amount of goals. They've got that money coming in from Pogba. Why not spend the money? Well, I think it's a it's a smart move in the sense that if you negate the factor of the money and you pretend that football is not on money and it's just trades, you know, they just bought the best player for Napoli, the team that came second in Syria. Who did they sign? What two weeks ago they signed Pjanic, the best player at Roma. So they are pretty much doing a Bayern Munich and completely destructing the league after winning the league from some very shrewd business. A lot of free transfers, a lot of young players in there. But what Gonzalo Goals is, is a player that's just going to guarantee you goals. And, and that's why they've got him. And yes, he's choked in in big finals, but he scores goals for fun. And it's one of those things that you you look at his record in his whole footballing career. He played at Real Madrid, Napoli and uh, 
River Plate. He's averaged a goal every game, which is a crazy, crazy stats. Obviously, football goal-scoring stats have been blown up by Messi and Ronaldo, but if you take those out of it as a very small, very random effect, the rest of them, you know, scoring a goal every two games is, is a quality record. And I think that what he sort of evolved with this season, he just became clinical anywhere in the penalty area. He'd find the right finish to put the ball in the back of the net. And Juve did struggle a little bit with putting the ball in the back of that last season. Dybala had a very good season, but he's more of a creative hub, more of a playmaker as well as a goal scorer. Um, and they did lack someone, you know, Mandzukic was just, you know, played well when he fancied it. Um, Murata just didn't have enough game minutes. And upgrading both of those to Gonzalo Higuain is massive and it will push them forward in Europe. Napoli apparently mm. after uh, its Milic... Uh, from Ajax, that's what the Dutch media are reporting. Uh, De Telegraph saying they're going to pay 35 million euros uh, for the Poland international. What do you reckon that one, Dave? A worthy replacement for Higuain? Yeah, a different replacement. We saw at the Euros that he was um, pretty good at playing behind off Lewandowski, you know, playing as a second striker. So if Napoli want to change up their system a little bit, yeah, or maybe even try him as a you know man through the middle, because he did miss a few chances at the Euros, but he got himself into those good positions. And if he can continue to get himself into the good positions then he will eventually, you know, score more goals than he is doing. He's already scoring crazy amounts of goals in Eredivisie, so if you can translate that to Syria, um, you know, fair play to him. But I think they potentially uh, could look elsewhere, maybe Lacazette from Lyon. You know, he's potentially on the move. Mm. He'd be a, a very good replacement for, for Napoli. So, yeah, Milik is a very good deal, but I feel that they've got to spend the rest of that £75 million pounds on another striker. Spend it wisely. Mm. Um, I've, got, I've got to admit that I, um, I do... I, 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 dis, I agree with partly what Dave said, but you're also saying, Dave, you said when you remove the money, then it is just them making trades. I'm kind of... I mean, how... That was, we... no, the, what, what I meant there, sorry, Lance, was I meant that if you ignored the money, <laughs> then it would be a really good deal, which is obviously a bit silly. Just ignore, the, what, ignore the £75 just million. Just ignore... <laughs> Just ignore the money. Reflecting mm-hmm. what Chris said before, they've done so much good business yeah, I know that mean. they do have a load of money to spend. Yeah, at the same time, though, uh, they they partly benefit from other sides being poorly financially managed within the league. I guess that's the, how can we let how can you level Europe? Like, how can you level? Because there's no like people. Most people are saying at the moment, you know, Iguain's not worth seventy five, Pogba's not worth one hundred and forty, whatever it is, you know. Milan's about to be bought by um, a Chinese consortium. There's, there's got to be a point where these, where we sort of question, you know, because obviously in the boom times people go, yeah, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. We, you know, we'll spend the money and then we'll work it out later. But surely, like, there has to be a point where we look at the system and sort of say, this is getting a little bit ridiculous at this point. Like, it's slightly out of hand, isn't it? Yeah. Slightly, yeah. Like, you know, I mean, it's been out of hand for quite some time now, but like. What do you? What do we do about that? There's, you know, there there has to be something to come from UEFA or FIFA, which essentially says, you know, we're, FFP. We're, yeah, FFP doesn't really. It has to be something that's a little bit stronger, though, doesn't it? Do you really? transfer yeah. caps, wage caps? Is that something? It's quite drastic, and I think most football fans would initially be against it, but maybe it's something that has to come in to sort of stop it. Because I mean, if you know, end up in 120 million pounds of poverty, it's insane. It's absolutely crazy, Dave. Well, yeah. yeah, it's crazy money, but again, it's, it's just the market is dictating that. And if wage caps did come in, yeah, it would close the market down. But how would you be able to govern that across the world? You know, so many different fo- football federations, so many different regions. It'd just be very, very difficult to 
set a wage cap. And, you know, FFP had the right idea, but it was very poorly policed. Pathetic. Manchester City, Manchester City were, the reason why Manchester City didn't get done um, the first time FFP came around was because they were suing UEFA and UEFA didn't want to go through court. So they weren't strong enough there. They didn't stand by what they, you know, the, the rules that they'd set. So it's one of those things that they, they got away with it. PSG notoriously sponsored a hoarding, a single hoarding in Paris for something like three hundred million pounds, which is mental. But that's not being, you know, it's not properly being policed. And hence, until you have a measure or have a wage cap or do this, you need to be able to police it before you can put these things in, or you might as well not bother. Those are some expensive hoardings. <laughs> they are expensive. Let's, uh, let's talk about a few more of the, the other done deals done in the past seven days. I mean, last week we touched on uh, Jorginho Wijnaldum to Liverpool, Lawrence. That was in the verge of being done. Of course, now it's completed. But yeah, if you ignore the £25 million fee, because it seems a bit steep, um, a lot of people are saying it does make sense uh, for Jurgen Klopp. Um, I mean, make- Pritchard's a player who seems tactically versatile is, is good. Um, you know, a lot of people are saying they're quite excited to see Wijnaldum maybe sit a little bit deeper. Some people saying that they want to see him in the number 10 role. Liverpool seem very stacked in the midfield. I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing what Liverpool's shape is going to be like and how versatile that shape's going to be under Klopp. Um, because, you know, Wijnaldum's another player who, I mean, he clearly does have a, a favoured position. And I do think, you know, a lot of people are going to want to see him attacking more because they're going to want to see goals from him, despite the fact that four of his goals last season came against Norwich. Um, <laughs> uh, but then Liverpool players do have a predisposition to score against Norwich. Um, so, yeah. I, do, you you feel, know what? do you feel underwhelmed by that? I mean, I've seen a few people say, you know what? Well, the only reason I don't feel underwhelmed by it is because I think of Klopp's track record with players at other clubs yes. and the sort of uh, bringing them to another level. If it was Brendan Rodgers, maybe, maybe I would because they seem like fairly unimaginative um, transfers. But the, mm. the fact is that he's quite an imaginative manager and you know, even even the most basic of players within that Liverpool team have seemed to be inspired at some point throughout the season. I think the, the problem maybe with Mane and Wijnaldum is both a question of consistency. Um, and, you know, I think Klopp's intensity maybe will address that. But, I, you know, I, I guess there's a worry there, um, you know, the, the track record of how consistent can these players be. At the same time, I guess if he's expanding the squad, how consistent does a player need to be if he can swap, say, a Coutinho or a... Uh, Firmino out and put a Wijnaldum in or you know mm. bring a Lallana or someone like that in uh, or even a Joe App it's my mistake yeah, I was about uh, to say he, you're talking about consistency there a player who a lot of Liverpool fans think was consistently average uh, consistently underperformed really was Joe Allen um, seven goals and five assists in 130 games it's the statistic being banded around by Liverpool fans to sort of point to the fact that they're not too sad to see the back from Lawrence but Mark Hughes obviously going to be hoping to see more of the, the Joe Allen we saw at Euro 2016. That's why you assume he shelled out this, this £13 million fee. I think it was Ryan Keeney, uh, who works for Opta, who tweeted out um, that they've got one of those squads that sort of... There's too many almost just obscure players within that team for them to do well. So there's a lot of... It, it's a bit like the kind of squad that you start with off, off with on Pro Evo. Do you know what I mean by that? Sort of <laughs> yeah, averaging yeah. things out, maybe. Um, it's an unusual side. I, I think Joe Allen's a decent player. I think he'll fit in very nicely there. I'm looking forward to seeing him play. Good luck to him. <laughs> um, it's just 
And, you know, I mean, it's testament to him that he played so frequently under Klopp and was so well used under Klopp that he is still a decent player. I do think uh, he was used in a a Rodgers system which didn't benefit him where he was. So, um, you know, fair play to the guy. Good luck to him. Good good luck to him. And you know what? I don't think anyone at Liverpool begrudge him doing well because he, he scored some... The goals that he did score for Liverpool were nice goals. Obviously, another big move in the past week, Chris. Mario Goetze returning to, to Borussia Dortmund, having struggled at Bayern Munich somewhat. Um, obviously, he's going to be looking to rediscover his best form. Do you think he's going to find it under Thomas Tuchel, Chris? I think so. I think Tuchel gives enough stability and structure for someone like him to thrive. I think, in general, actually, I've been quite impressed with Dortmund's business. I think the players they have... Yeah brought in the likes of uh, Guerrero's Larion is, is a player that I quite like the look of. Uh, even Emery Moore, who, whenever you buy a prospect, I would say that young from that kind of league, it is really kind of shrouded in uncertainty and even risk. I still think it's a potentially good buy um, for them if he can sort out his, his character and his head a little bit. That's really the only thing I think that more struggles with, along with a little bit of inconsistency. But for Gorter as well, I think it gives him a chance to really grow and develop on the, the mental side of things. In terms of he was a bit part player at Bayern Munich for the most part. He never really established himself in the same way. I mean, his, funny enough, his goals record was better for Bayern than it was for Borussia in the same, roughly the same period of time. But I think returning now, as he is, granted he's only 24, he's still young, there is a little bit more of a seniority now he's there. He's, he's certainly not the most experienced player, but I would imagine he'll be gifted and handed leadership-type roles and leadership-type position within the squad. It sounds like a like Bayern. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded so muffled. Um, oh, wait. That was why he was like a Bayern. <laughs> Straight into the mic. Do you think, yeah. I mean... Objectively, it does seem like a good deal, Chris. I mean, it's eighteen point three million pounds for one. You're talking about how he's returning; he might get that that seniority. At the same time, it doesn't feel like a lot of Dortmund fans actually want him back at the club uh, after what they see as the betrayal of him leading to Bayern Munich. Of course, Andre Scheller as well as a club record thirty million euros. Dortmund fans question that one. He struggled at Chelsea; didn't really set the world alight at Wolfsburg either. I mean, can you see their concerns well, in that respect? I, I can with Schurler. I mean, he's he's your pretty average sort of one in four winger, stroke forward type player. He's he's not anything different to that personally, in my opinion. Um, he's a little bit different for Germany. I'm not so sold on him being that at, at club level. In terms of Gorter, I, th- I think I think the the fans' indignation and, and frustration at the move is very much rooted in emotions and I can completely understand why that is I think if you look at it objectively in terms of his quality as a player and what he brings it really isn't a terrible deal especially considering they paid 12 million more for Andre Schürrle another big you know deal what? it's all about oh, that narrative isn't it well I was just going to say you can write you can write it whatever way you want it's about you can basically tell how creative someone is from how long they can talk about a transfer mm. yeah I think I think the thing with Andre Scherl is that he's played under Thomas Tuchel before at Mainz and got some of his best football out of him at Leverkusen. He was brilliant. At Chelsea and at Wolfsburg, he just hasn't been the main man. He hasn't been starting enough. I think when Andre Scherl is, is at his best is when he's starting week in, week out on the left-hand side. 
which again opens up a question to where Mano Goetz are actually played. Played as a, a attacking midfielder or on the left before for Jurgen Klopp. Potentially he's going to have to be farmed out to the right, and he's very, very poor out there. Andre Schill definitely isn't going to play under there. Marco Royce can, as Men Dembele can, but just seems that they're they're stacked in that so those sort of positions. And in a way, Mario Goethe, uh, I'd rank him below as Men Dembele. I'd rank him below um, Royce, and I'd rank him below Schürrle. So again, is, is it a, is it a scared? Is it like a a move where again he hasn't put himself out of his comfort zone in a way where he could have gone to Liverpool, for example? And it, it feels like a weird one on, on Dortmund's part as well. As you're saying, you're not quite sure he fits in. Did Dortmund really need Goethe? Did they sort of? Did they just sort of? You know, jump at the chance to bring him back. It is a weird one, but hopefully we'll see. How if, it if only, in. if only Adam, they had a pre-season in which they could judge themselves and see what are they like as a team without Mario Goetze. Mm. Can we come up against a, a side who are reinvigorated by a new manager after a tyrant? Was <laughs> oh, right, Lawrence. I just had a little mini breakdown about Mario Goetze leaving Borussia Dortmund. It really upset me. Now you're bringing in a 4-1 defeat where Phil Jones was so shit that he couldn't even fucking bring, play football and throw him fell over to a hole. <laughs> Hold right. on a minute. Manchester United play football. They played one game. They managed to play one game in their uh, rather interesting tour of uh, the Far East, didn't they, Dave? Um, did you manage to watch that one? It's not a tour, mate. It's not a tour if you just yeah, go to yeah, one yeah. Just certain players that in Man United aren't good enough. Um, Phil Jones is not good enough. He was absolutely atrocious. He just kept on getting caught under high balls. He's a centre back for God's sake. That's it's only pre-season, Dave. Stealing. Yeah. I don't care if it's pre-season. <laughs> you can't get embarrassed like that. You just see Marcus Rojo get absolute Jerome Boateng down a hole like Lionel Messi did to him in the Champions League. It's a similar thing. It was embarrassing. It was shocking. Under Herrera, a player that's such promise with such. You know, such poise when he fancies it, which just was anonymous for most of the game. Has that, and then this yeah. Borussia Dortmund team was the second string Borussia Dortmund team. Yeah, it was a second string Man United team, but the second string of Man United is absolutely rubbish. Only the good parts, though. Eric Bay was fantastic again. <laughs> um, you know, a very a player that's, that's going to be very good for United this year. Looked very confident, dealt with Aubameyang really well. You know, may not be able to keep up with his pace, but positionally got himself goal side all the time. Uh, you know, made a number of big tackles, which I like to see going in. But then well-timed tackles. The only criticism of his game was the, the pitch was so bad that he kept on losing control of the ball. But apart from that, Man United were rubbish. Memphis Depay, Jesus Christ, what are you doing, lad? <laughs> sort yourself out. Oh, just be strong. Want it more? You just don't want it right now. Jerome Boateng does a verb. I like that. I like that a lot. Is that, is that not unusual? Do you not think that's a little bit unusual? I mean, didn't everyone not say that Mourinho would come in and sort of invigorate this team? Well, I just think that the defence needs to be sorted out. It's, just, it's dying for another centre-back. It really, really is. It's, it's just a big, big thing. Like they, they just don't look, they don't look structurally solid and that, that comes from the back and then it goes into midfield. And it, I think that's just one of the big issues that needs to be solved first. Mourinho always sorts his defence out first. It just doesn't seem like he's um, he's pushed his thoughts on this Man United back four yet. But also going forward, there are a few times where United broke. Um, one of them, Memphis Depay, ran down the right-hand side. There were two players in the middle. And Memphis had one player on him and he couldn't find that simple pass inside to Jess Lingard. It was shocking. Transition is what Mourinho plays for and that was poor. Another side of it as well, you know, United were breaking. They kept on coming back. They kept on doing the Louis van Gaal where they made a, they'd make a break, transition from defence to attack nice and quickly, get into the opposition half. The player would just pivot and pass the ball backwards. That needs to be eradicated. So I feel that Mourinho needs a little bit more time to stamp his authority on this side. Obviously, only been manager for what? 20 days ish? 25, yeah. 26 days? So. 
Time will tell, but I think United need to buy centre-back massively. Another huge move, a massive price tag, surprisingly uh, big, is Andre Gomez moving to Barcelona. Looked like he was on his way to Madrid, obviously, Chris. Um, the Euros, obviously, he impressed there. He's attracted some interest. Barcelona stole a march on their rivals. They're paying 55 million euros, uh, roughly 41 million pounds. Obviously, a lot of money, Chris, but a player who's seen as the, the long-term successor to Andres Iniesta, perhaps? Exactly. I think you nailed it there. Um, to, to watch him play is to see someone who's very elegant and graceful with the ball. Um, the way he carries it, the way he kind of moves forward with things. Um, the, the price... The price, I think, is all down to your interpretation in terms of whether you feel like you could get someone similar for that. I'm not sure if there's any players out there personally that can carry the ball the way he does. Matteo Kovacic is one, but you're obviously never going to be able to buy him for, for obvious reasons. Um, so I think it, it makes a lot of sense. It's a great deal for Valencia as well. Um, and actually, it turns out to be a semi-decent deal for, for Benfica as well, who between him and Bernardo Silva and, and Renato Sanchez, they've been able to sell some some decent young prospects during the last few years for a decent bit of, of money. So I think in that sense, it, uh, it will satisfy all parties, really. Some I think of- another thing with, with, with Andre Gomez as well is he, he's got a great, great work rate. And it's something that this Barcelona team potentially needs uh, at times is that intensity in defence. Um, you know, you go back to the, the Clasicos, you know, the best player last season in, in both Clasicos, with Sergio Roberto, for me, I thought he, he really put in a, in a top performance. And I think that's what Andre Gomez can do. Yeah, he's got excellent technique, great ball control, but he's very, very good at pressing, very, very good at harrying. So in, in the bigger games, he's the one that can set the tempo for you. Before we move on to the questions, final bits of news. Sam Allardyce, obviously unveiled as England manager yesterday afternoon. Anything exciting or interesting in there for you, Lawrence, in his, in his choice quotes? Um, I don't think anyone's. Um, I think everyone's just. I don't want to say underwhelmed I'm, by Sam Allardyce, I'm, but look, it, we're not underwhelmed. We're, we're just whelmed. Yeah, it's fine, isn't it? Yeah. I don't really care what he says at this point. To be honest, I mean, they made a bit of a, a deal out of the fact that he, he wouldn't confirm Wayne Rooney as captain. He wouldn't, you know, confirm where he'd play Wayne Rooney, where he sees him playing for England. Play where, uh, I, in fact, the ab, the absolute headline is: I'll play Rooney where Mourinho plays him. I believe so, yeah, which I mean, fine. Which, is pro- which means, what, um, nine and a half? Nine point <laughs> six? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I guess uh, what, what worries me a little bit about Big Sam is he do- does have this kind of um, cheeky edge to him. And you... <sighs> we don't like that. Oh, Do we not like there's that? Just so, there's just so much. No, I don't, because it encourages England fans to be a bit cheeky <laughs> and then when you get cheeky then you know there's then you your local your journalist from uh, journalist um you know has to then go on periscope and start doing ridiculous stuff and it just it encourages bad behavior and what 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 loads of england fans were saying was they want seeing them play good football I'd, i'll be interested to see if he makes them play good fo- and maybe now he's got the resources they will play good football <sighs> i mean the I know you're sort of talking about his personality there, and you know. No, I'm also talking about the way that his teams are played, but and the way, and, and like... his absolute refusal to be apologetic about sort of you know encouraging certain players to play in a certain way, and maybe maybe that is what England need. Maybe England do need to be a bit savvier, 
but the way that he approaches it is a there's a slight arrogance about it and or at least it appears as a slight arrogance and yeah, I'm, you know, I'm sure there are nice sides to some other dice, but it appears as an arrogance to everyone else. And again, you don't re- like England need a bit of an image revamp. And that's Sam Allardyce is not leading that, is he? No, of course. So I feel like the whole reason they've hired him is to always go back to basics, really, because <laughs> they were lacking uh, completely at the Euros. You know, he, he talked a lot about his man management yesterday and that being one of his main assets, you know, how he's going to be able to get yeah. the best out of the squad. I don't think they, I don't think they're going to be playing aesthetically pleasing football necessarily. You'd expect them to play football. The focus is going to be on results, essentially, as opposed to um, fluid, beautiful football. I'd imagine. But well, why? Like why would you want a manager? Why? Surely that's not what they've hired him for. Surely he's presented them with something which has given them reason to think. Right, you can build on what we want to build in the right direction. I just feel like he's. He's a pragmatic choice. He's probably the best and only choice they could have made. It feels like. You know um, what? I, yeah, he, he, essentially, he's not a choice. Yeah. He, who else? Who else was applying for that just, job? That was that was good. I mean, Chris, can you name anyone? Well, that, yeah, that, Jurgen Klinsmann was the name mentioned no, a no, lot. Can, no, 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 no. Can you name anyone who's realistically going to be given the England <laughs> job? There's no way that if Jurgen Klinsmann was named, that the FA would survive more than a day. No, I don't. I don't think he was necessarily a good choice. But I'm saying he was the name that was mentioned. I assume there was some interest there from the FA. I mean, they supposedly interviewed Steve Bruce as well, which I think would have been a, a universal. Again, Adam, unpopular... you're just naming people. But, but what do you mean? What, that have applied for the job? He was he was said to have interviewed for it, Steve Bruce. Good God! I he mean, was said to have but... spoken to the FA about the role. <laughs> Literally went, is it available? No. No, go away, Steve. Can I, can I put on my CV that that counts as an interview? Absolutely. See you That's later, why he Steve. left Holly, jumped the gun. He was like, right, lads, I'm off. I've got the England job. I'm off. Didn't quite <laughs> I've got the England. Like, Steve. No, no, oh, Steve. No. Got it. Um, no, come on. I mean, who uh, who was going to well, no, be realistically applying for that job? That's what I'm saying. He's the, the only choice. But Jürgen Klinsmann was the name that was always linked. And I assume there was interest from the FA. It didn't just come out of thin air. I think they... I think... Uh, interviews are also conducted for other reasons, for PR reasons. And I, I think Klinsman will have been very happy to have been linked with the England job because he it will give him a good PR side as the rehabilitator, the man who can get teams back on track immediately after having a lot of people in the States question that. You imagine that Steve Bruce, having left Hull, will have a similar situation. Who, Realistically, can you name anyone else who is going to apply for that job and get it? Dave? Chris? David O'Brien. I mean, all right, Dave. Realistically, Dave. You you probably, you, Dave, probably do go on the same uh, list at this point as Klinsman and Steve Bruce, you know. Yeah, I made it, Lawrence. I fucking made it. Kristen. I think when you bomb out of the Copa America, albeit in the semi-finals in the way that Klinsman did, and then your FA don't make a, a huge song and dance about keeping you when you're first linked to that job. I think that tells you why those people who think stories were potentially planted have a little bit of a point. I don't think Klinsman was actually that close to it personally. I think it was very much a bandwagon that was imposed or instigated by him and his people. Um, I think the FA were happy to go along with it. 
Yeah, I think he, I think exactly. I think they were also happy to entertain that idea because it then implied that someone from abroad and someone who was in a position already that seemed quite promising wanted to take this job and, and added to the perceived prestige of that job. Mm. I also think you look at the way some of the journalists in the country, in this country, excuse me, responded to that, saying that actually they thought Clinsman would be a good hire and it would be a real step forward for the country and all this inciting that he rebooted German football. And I mean, that's a very bold claim to make. Um, I think that in, in itself explains why those stories didn't die down because it seemed on the surface, if you didn't really know the situation with the US, like a good idea. Um, so, you know, what, why let facts get in the way of, of what looked like a very good story in that sense? Guys, let's get in to the questions. So many questions sent in this week. Thank you so much. Yeah, to me. On Twitter, we're going to try and get through as many as we can. Apologies if we don't get to your question. Um, I know it upsets some people, but there, there's so many. We'll, tr- we'll do our best. We will do our best. Um, first up, John Routledge writes in. He sent in three questions. In the interest of fairness, we'll only answer one. Um, let's come to you on this one, Chris. John Routledge said, do you think Benitez will get NUFC back up to the Premier League, assuming he's saying a first try here? I think he will. I, th- I think he gives <laughs> them enough structure, both on and off the field, to actually turn the club around and, and have players playing to as close to their potential as possible. I think there will be bumps. And honestly, I think how he responds to those bumps in the season, that will define more than likely how how or if, excuse me, they actually are able to go up at the first try. Alexis Golitsyn. Uh, apologies if I butchered that. Long time listener. Thank you for your question. Is Pogba really worth £120 million when Matuidi is available for 30 That's an interesting comparison, isn't it, Dave? Yeah, well, it is, but you're getting two different players, eh? You're getting a player that's very functional, can do a role for you, um, will work very hard, gives you a little bit of width on the left-hand side, and then you have another player. Oh. There's a game-changer that can really explode, can really change the momentum of an attack, uh, has such great technique, great passing range, but he's very young. Um, for 120 million, crazy money, but if Man United have that money, <laughs> why not spend it? Has HJG Cornish right team with all these new signings? How should Klopp set up his midfield? How would you like to see the midfield salvers? Tantalising, isn't it? You know, do you, do you go with do you go with Emre Chan alongside Wijnaldum? Um, you know, do you go with Luke Slave is now injured? Uh, you know, um, which is probably unfortunate because they might might want to transfer him in that time. You're not going to really be able to pass medical surgery. Um, do you want to go with? Uh, you know, uh, someone along the lines of uh, Wijnaldum in, say, the central position, interchanging with a, a maybe a Firmino and a Coutinho and a Lalana. You know, you put Milner in there because he's the captain. You've got Hendo in there as well. There's quite a few people still set to come back and even play a game for Liverpool. And then, you know, Liverpool have got a number of young midfielders in there that Klopp was quite interested in experimenting with too. I'd still worry that Liverpool don't have someone to break up the play. Um, in the way that they would want to anyway. And I don't think Chan is necessarily that role or should be that role for Liverpool. Um, how would I want to see it? Hmm. Hmm. 
who would you put in that position? I just got, I'm trying to think of the only person who would sit at the base of midfield and break play up. I think um, you've got one. I don't. I genuinely, I don't think Liverpool have a a, a ready-made player for that role. And you know, the closest to that was Lucas Lever. But then you know, Lucas played in the centre-back role for a, a, quite a lot last season, and Liverpool you know turned the ball around quite well. So you know what? I go. Uh, you go. Yeah. Chan Wijnaldum, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of fun to be had there. Uh, if, if Liverpool are playing Norwich again, Chan Wijnaldum, uh, Tino, Firmino, maybe Lalana to cover some ground behind a Divock or a Sturridge, something like that. Ooh. It's going to be a really interchangeable formation. I'm really excited to see it. Ike at Melancholy Wolf writes in, where will Berahino be at the end of the transfer window? Looks That's like gone. Spurs aren't interested in him anymore after their, their interest last summer. Stoke City have apparently made a 20-odd million pound bid. Crystal Palace are interested, though. I think I think it's going to end up at Stoke. I think Stoke will be persistent, whereas Palace may turn their attentions back to someone like Ben Teke. So uh, I'm going to say Stoke. He'll end up at Stoke. Um, Vincent nice. Rodriguez says, uh, will Arsenal be stuck with Giroud all season? Obviously, Higuain going to Juventus. Uh, Vega was never going to compete uh, with that £75 million price tag. They have made a bid for Lacazette, though, £29 million, which has been rejected. Apparently, that was less than what West Ham offered earlier in the window. Dave, do you think... Arsenal are going to actually spend the money to get in a striker. It doesn't seem like Wenger, you know, we hear a lot about him umming and ahhing in the transfer market. It doesn't seem like he's he's going to make that decisive move. No, I don't think he is. I think Lacazette could be a very good option. Um, you know, a player that have been watching for a few seasons now that is a finisher, is a goal scorer, but also has great technique, composure, can play out wide. But I just feel that it's not going to happen for Arsenal again. It's, oh, it's just ridiculous. It's they boring, start on so many signings again. It's so stupid. Still quite a way to go in the window, though. There is quite a lot of way, but again, are there I think left for them to. That's the thing. You know, you look at centre back. How many good centre backs have sort of moved this window? Mats Hummels would have been perfect for Arsenal. Samuel Titi would have been perfect for Arsenal. Now Mertesacker is apparently out for for five. Yeah, months. it just seems again. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I just really want... It'd be so funny if Wenger won it this year, just because there's all these managers coming in and if Wenger's like, this is my turf, see you later. But I just can't see it. But I think Alexis Sanchez, yeah. if he's played for the middle, could <laughs> score 20 goals. Here's a hypothetical. Can't see it. 
It is interesting on that because, I mean, when Sanchez moved, there was a lot of talk about, oh, he can play through the middle, he can be the backup for sure. Mm-hmm. We don't need that striker. We never really saw it uh, for Arsenal. No, or not saw often. it a bit. When he first came to the Premier League, when he scored, like, I think he scored 10 goals in yeah. maybe 12 games or something, he was playing off a striker. I think he was playing off Olivier Giroud or off the, probably I think it was Giroud. And he played some of his best football for Arsenal. He was involved in everything. He was getting on the ball, getting turned. That's what you want with it. With Sanchez, you want him to have the ball as much as he can because he can make that difference. But then now he's been pushed out wide left, wide right. I just feel that Arsenal do, they lack, at the moment, I think this Arsenal squad lacks wingers, lacks a, a decent, lacks a centre back they've been crying out for on it, and then still this goal scorer needs to emerge. But it could be Alexis Sanchez. Here is a great question from Matt Brownie Cake at Charmer on Twitter. Juve having monopolised Serie A, will that hinder their performance in the UEFA Champions League? Um, via lack of competition, such as Bayern Munich. Chris, it's an accusation always thrown at Bayern that when it gets to the crunch stages, the semis, the finals of the the Premier competition in Europe, they struggle because they haven't been tested in the league. I mean, do you buy into that, first of all? And do you think Juve may be falling into that trap? I don't think Juve are falling into that trap. Um, I think if you look at kind of their progression over the last few years, they've... I think steadily improved to the point where they got to the final and were just undone by a, a team that I think no one in the world could beat in Barcelona. As for for Bayern again, I'm, they're always up near the the end of the tournament, the Champions League. So I think it's a little bit harsh to kind of suggest that they're not achieving a lot because actually, mm. I want to say along with Barcelona and Real Madrid. They're the teams that have been in the most semi-finals um, of like the last decade or something, something along those lines. I remember hearing hearing that stat voted out on on CNN or something like that. So I think it's it's a tad unfair to to say that. And equally, look, of course they dominate. They also manage to buy most of their their rivals' best players. I haven't seen that have a drastic impact at this point. Um, I think give it a few years let's let's take it to the end of the decade and see if it's it's having an impact mm. if if they drop away from the the semi-final stages of of tournaments and don't make at least semis from now until the end of the decade david at d shanahan 930 long time is there thank you very much for your question he yeah, says will finn baylor win the wwe universal championship um anyone what? here got any interest in in wrestling, wrestling, um, any insight to give? Um, if not, uh, David, you should go and seek out Rob Armstrong from TFR, from the channel, big wrestling fan. Big loser. He's He's a, sorry, to he's a, he loves his wrestling. He's going to wrestling, wrestling this Sunday. Not like WWE wrestling, but like English wrestling. Um, I don't <laughs> get it so not, I don't like it. Do you not mean Roman Greco? Is that not what you're thinking? No, no, I'm talking... You know, um, wrestling entertainment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, David, go and tweet Rob Armstrong uh, on Twitter. He will be able to give you the answer because he he, he likes his wrestling. Um, Here's a question for you, Dave, specifically for you. Ishmael, MUFC99, writing in on Twitter, do you think United should bid for Jose Maria Jimenez or Lucas Hernandez uh, from Atletico to Parta Bay in defence to excellent young upcoming defenders? Like Jimenez over um, Hernandez. I think Hernandez is more of a fullback, but yeah, Jimenez would, would be good. But I just feel United need that strong um, centre back with a bit of experience at the moment. I feel like you know, especially after the Dortmund game, 
United just still lack that leader at the back. Um, I don't think it's going to be Bay. I just don't think it's going to be Chris Smalling either. Chris Smalling will probably be the starting centre-back with Bay, but I just feel like if they went big with Bernucci, oh, God, it changed things. It Mel really would. Obviously, they've well, given Juventus £120 million. Why not just give them £200 million? Huh? Why not? Just uh, yeah. Have they got that much money? Probably. Probably. Um, Pro- yeah, but Dave just takes all the money off the table, doesn't he? Exactly. Dave, Money's no, no longer an just forget problem about the money. Forget Don't worry about, about the money. money Don't worry about hegemony. If we take all the power dynamics out of this room, everyone's equal. Edwin well, writes in, who should Barcelona sign as a backup striker? Um, apparently in for Kevin Gamero. Uh, perhaps trying to pick you know Athletic Madrid to that one. What do you make of that one? Well, I quite like that. Um, that would actually... I'd, I'd like to see them sign a few more players because um, it's it's like it's like they don't have an, it, it's so well stacked up there. Um, I know yeah, they've got a lot of options in midfield, but it feels like up front maybe. No, up front, yeah, they lack. You know, they need like um, you know, uh, they need a, a solid front three. That they don't great podcast. But they don't currently have. Um, there's. A... I feel like whoever they get. To be honest, I feel like whoever Barcelona choose, it's probably always going to be a success because I think it's it's less about um, the individual player and more about the way that those guys fit into the system and also about the, the finishing school of Barcelona. It's very rare that you'll... I mean, you know, it's very rare you'll find a player who goes there and uh, comes out badly. Two... Can you think of no, I can't. No. Um, who's left Barcelona less valuable than when they went there? Mm, that lad that came from the Ukraine Shigrinsky yeah, yeah Karish yeah. Enrique Douglas the fullback mm. oh yeah Douglas girl his stock has fallen alright mate um, who else Ibrahimovic Sanchez no. did his value go up I guess his value must have gone up uh, I mean so, uh, ooh, no Sanchez was great yeah but Afalai Afalai was it wasn't Afalai uh what age did he go there? Mid twenties, I want to say. Interesting. I thought he went there quite young. They're selling a few players on the cheap now, though, aren't they? I mean, I know Danny Alves wasn't going to get the fee that they pay for him. Uh, was it six, seven years ago? But I think he went for free. It looks like Javier Mascheroni will be off for free. Um, mm. Is it Rafinha who left today, or Adriano? I think has gone. Um, yeah, so, Adriano's gone to Besiktas. Yeah, um, so I, I saw the guys from Now Nation were a little bit worried about how you know they're, they're getting hardly anything uh, back in terms of recouping money from transfer fees, but they had it. Um, Richard writes in. I mean, we sort of covered this earlier. Maybe Chris, I don't think we got your thoughts, but should there be transfer caps and salary caps in the EPL to make the league more fair? I mean, I feel like Dave made a good point in terms of it's hard to... It's hard to oversee that from a jurisdiction point of view for the football authorities. Exactly. And so the answer to that question is no. No. Um, not so much a question, but a comment Faruha said he's looking forward to Lawrence's philosophical rant on transfer prices and all that shit. Crying face, crying face, crying face. Yeah. Do you, do you mean crying face or mean laughing crying face? Oh, sorry. Laughing crying face. I should have, I should sure. have, should have defined that. Uh, it's not really. <laughs> <laughs> do, 
don't really need to talk about philosophy when it comes to money anymore, do you? It doesn't mean anything. We live in a we live in a post factual uh, journalistic environment. So, uh, and and you know what? As soon as journalists say that, then they stop engaging with facts. Mm. Uh, Lawrence, yes, Dave. Question. Yeah. Is it possible to be free in the modern day society? Dave, some people would say that liberation is a false uh, goal anyway. Come on, Dave. <laughs> you can tell Dave found a copy of The Guardian on the way to work, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, he got that free. So, And a bottle yeah. of water. And pay for that left, left-wing bullshit, Lawrence. That's Jeez. for the Telegraph to get the water. Um, some of the comments. Is, um, oh, Edgar and tweets. And you know, doesn't like the left-wing. Oh, make your own jokes. <laughs> Edgar <laughs> tweets to you, said, Do you think Sturridge, if fit, is in the top three strikers in the Premier League? Also, fit. massive thanks for your comments on hashtag Black Lives Matter. So there was one person who appreciated us uh, making those comments. Edgar, no worries. Now... As for Sturridge, is he that one would be a good football series. Is he one of the um, top three strikes in the PL? Do you uh, think if hashtag United started playing other hashtags, it will all get a bit awkward? Mm. What would the celebration be? Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm just thinking. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely a conversation to be had post podcast about hashtag United playing hashtag Black Lives Matter. Um, <laughs> make it happen. Make it happen. Make it. Surely, there's mm. got to be other social medias that can yeah. can get involved. Friend request FC and things like that. <laughs> yeah, friend request FC. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. There is something along the lines of uh, political people getting. Uh, Lawrence, yeah. who are the top three strikers in the Premier League? It's Sergio Aguero. It's Harry Kane. And you know, I don't like ranking people. I don't. You, know, um, you do. You love it. You love comparing players. You love doing versus. Carigi. Divock Origi. Divock Origi. Uh, yeah. Dave, who are the top three in the Premier League? Mm, Harry Kane. Yep. Aguero. You're saying this in order now, Dave. Anyway. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. You know oh, what? That's geez. not a bad shout. Not you know bad. what, Adam? You, you're probably going to end up dying your hair blonde and Chris. you're going to look a bit like Messi. <laughs> Chris, what do you reckon? Top three strikers in the Premier League. Uh, I agree with Dave. Really? Zlatan, yeah? Even though he's not even Wait. kicked a ball. Which way do you think that he? Which way do you think Messi uh, would bet on uh, Zlatan? Do you think he's dyed his hair because um, because he thinks that one of you is going to lose the bet? Yeah, I think so. He's just trying to be with the, with the cool kids, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think that's almost entirely the reason. Um, I saw some pretty mad suggestions that you know oh, he's like trying to be as far away from Ronaldo as he can. It's like a, some weird effort to distance himself from Ronaldo and make himself distinct. I think he just fancied a new hairdo. I don't think it's anything to read into that much. Who came up with that? Who came up with that idea? I don't know. I saw genuine said? articles about that. A bit like, genuine articles okay. about his dying his hair so that he'd look less like Ronaldo. Maybe it's clickbait. I mean, maybe. Does uh, anyone else think that there are, there are more, well, I mean, there's blatantly more clickbait articles than actual worthwhile articles reading, worth, oh, yeah. worth reading. There's, you know what, there should be a name for clickbait journalists and it should become a skill. Lawrence, a very it's, niche skill. it's just shit, mate. That's all it is. They're shit. Yeah, but Dave, it takes, it takes real skill to get people to click on something. <laughs> just ask Adam. The struggle is real. The struggle is real. So much noise out there. You've got to try and, got to try and yeah. get them clicks. It's all about them clicks um so you make more noise to get them exactly exactly 
next question is from Franklin the Turtle. Nice username. Wow. Do Juventus have the most complete squad in Europe now? Love the show, guys. Cheers from New York City. Thanks, Franklin. Um, what do you reckon, Chris? Do they have the most complete squad in Europe? Surely it's hard to look past Bayern Munich for that mantle. I think so. I think I think it all depends on the needs for the season. You know, it's it's all dependent on on what occurs over the twelve months and what you need. I, I think, as we touched on earlier, though, the fact that when you lay out that Juventus squad, it looks so deep in so many different positions. That is is fairly impressive, and it it takes skill to balance that as well. I think that's what people forget sometimes is you can throw a variety of players in there. To draw a, a comparison, LA Galaxy have a lot of very talented attackers. Um, but as I wrote this week for, for Yahoo, finding a balance for all of them and a place for all of them, that's the difficult bit. So I think sometimes the best squad is not necessarily the best co- the best collection of players as much as it is the most harmonious collection of players. Faran at uh, Enzo um, said, my questions never get answered, crying face. So I've gone on to your timeline, Fire, and I've gone to the last question you've asked, which was, which Euro 2016 manager would be likely to, and or, fit in a current club? <laughs> I didn't know if it was like, who will win Euro 2016. <laughs> That's my answer. Mario Gomez is not a manager. One day he will be, though, right? Right. I feel like you jump in the the gun ever so slightly can um, I say Wayne Rooney then is okay we've just ignored Farhan's question I've already complained about not getting his questions <laughs> we're not answering your question Farhan we're now just making what? up our own questions which player would make the best manager no, from Euro which manager which manager Ah, uh, I know and I think he's free go on Slitsky Slitsky where do you want to see him CSKA Moscow manager where do you want to see him tell me no, mate, he is, he's going to leave Russia, and I think he's going to look very at home on... You know what? I was trying, surely Roy Hodgson must be back in the market for a, a, a side. Surely no one's going to Who would you go for? I mean, who would you go for? Who would you like to Conte, see in, in the surely. club game? Um... <laughs> Conte wouldn't be a bad shout for, say, a, a side that need revamping. What about Chris Coleman returning to the club game? Ooh, that's not bad. Uh, post twenty eighteen, that's not a bad shout. Although, yeah, maybe he maybe he's well suited to international. Mm. Uh, any shouts, Chris? Anyone you'd like to see back in the club game? Uh, back. Not really. There's no one. There's no one that jumps out. Uh, um, Can you see why we didn't yeah. answer the question? I'd, I'd like to see Bob Bradley higher up, but he's obviously at Le Havre, so he's in the club game. Um, internationally, no. There's, there's no one. There isn't actually anyone I can think of. Um, here's a question that I'm not sure I even understand it. Uh, Sadiksha Bandari, thank you very much for your question. Said question on a scale of one Marcus Rashford. <laughs> How much yeah. do you rate Higuain? One to Marcus Rashford. One to Mar. Oh, I thought uh, she was just naming the bottom. This guy was like, "What's going on?" I was scared of one on. to you're, Marcus you're Rashford. Smarter than that, buddy. No, it was the way it was written. It's not my problem. It's not my fault okay. at all. Uh, I do not accept any blame. 
One to Marcus Rashford. How do you rate Higuain? Uh, Dave, I feel like this one's for you. Mm, I'd give him, I'd say, half a Marcus Rashford. He's half a Marcus Rashford, really? Yeah, because Marcus Rashford's potential is endless, Adam. Um, it's like infinity. There you have it. Uh, Edan right. Roberts said, which manager goes first? Oh, who is going to win the sack race? David Moyes. Do you reckon no? Surely no. no. Um, who got sacked first last year? It was someone a little bit surprising, wasn't it? Um, God, I can't remember. Slav Trilic, wasn't it? Um, that, was was it? it? <laughs> that was your shout, But he's not had a great pre-season, has he? So far, at least. I mean, I know we're weeks off, but still. I need to go down with the shit, Lawrence. He's getting sacked first. Was it, right. Brendan, was it Brendan Rodgers who got sacked first last season? No, it wasn't. It can't have been Brendan Rodgers who <laughs> got that? sacked first. No, it was... No, it, was um, it was Dick... Dick, Dick, Dick no, Dick Avocott left. Uh, he left. Yeah. So who... It must have been. Was it Brendan? I think it was Brendan. Can't be Brendan Rodgers who got sacked first. Um, I swear there was someone else in between. Jose Mourinho? No, it was... It was Advo- Advocate resigned and Rodgers was sacked. Brilliant. Ah, there you okay, go. Well, yeah. There you go, see? Incredible. Um, and now Rogers. Well, actually, team. actually, this all depends entirely. If you mean from the start, as in from after the first ball was kicked, <laughs> it is Rogers. Prior mm. to that, Pearson went 30th of June. John uh, Carver. Yeah, no, we're talking about. Sacked 9th of June. We are talking once the, once the ball's been kicked. Um, mm. So it's hard to say no, because not, not all the managers are in. But who shocking yeah. 21 days later Timothy Sherwood was sacked no. and then Gary Monk December no. Mourinho late December uh, Alan Curtis well he doesn't really count because um, he was a caretaker <laughs> and then McLaren Remy Gard, and Roberto Martinez the uh, sad stuff I, I can't find any odds M- Martinez for... is now odds on to be a whole manager by the way Good. and first yeah. to be sacked my God, can you imagine that? I think it's odd to be employed and then also to be the first oh, yeah. Imagine if you can get that. Hit, imagine, I wonder what the double odds are for that. That would be interesting. Very much Marcello Bielsa-esque, isn't it, with Lazio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lazio, yeah. they're done, aren't they? It's usually usually the, the, the managers even promoted are the favourites to sort of get sacked, isn't it? Maybe I took Ranker, there was that sort of... There was that controversy towards the end of last season where he walked out of training or something like that. Could be a little bit on the rocks. Ooh, maybe, but then I do think that was resolved quite neatly in the end, wasn't it? Um, it wasn't so much that he walked out of training, it was that he walked out of a training but pretended he was actually in a car at the same time. What? That was a joke. He said the controversy that he walked out of training. I see. Um, I see. It's um, fine. Yeah, I'm just uh, going to plump for Karanka because why not? Just do it. Yeah, the pressure's on. They've yeah. made all these impressive signings. You know, can he get them firing? No. Yes. Sacked. Yeah, he probably will. But I'm going to go for that. Right. Dave, give me a name. Told you already, mate. Billich already is gone. Oh, Billich. See you later, buddy. Billich gone. Um, <laughs> Lawrence, give me a name. Uh. Mourinho I reckon Pardew could be another name that ooh, things start to go wrong at the start of the season because nah. they were so poor at the end P- Pulis I reckon everyone at West Brom hates him he could be a shout do they? yeah they hate him they want him out yeah I know but it's sort of better the devil you know 
or sack the devil you know <laughs> sack the devil you know and hired on you don't Matt um, sorry I feel like that's pretty volatile that could all go wrong <laughs> I mean we talk, uh, yeah Matt sorry is maybe an interesting Matt sorry is a a pretty fascinating com- combination of manager and club isn't it um thingy but what's his name Francesco Guidlin yeah didn't seem like there's didn't some... seem that passionate about staying at Swansea uh, at the end of last season. There's a few there's a few candidates. You realise he did have heart trouble at one point. That doesn't seem like the most sensitive thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean you've still got to evaluate it from a, a completely heartless situation. Exactly. In which case, I'm saying Mark Hughes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Chris. Mark Hughes any... is, con- is busy shouts. constructing the flimsier side in the Premier League. <laughs> any shouts, Chris? I think it could be Tony Pulis, actually. Yeah. I like that. I, like I, I think there was enough um, just apathy amongst West Brom fans towards him at the end of the season. And you look at the squad that he's built, um, just in general, there hasn't been a massive amount of additions to it now. I think they signed Matt Phillips from QPR, mm. and that's about it. And that would concern me. Now, granted, there's like a month and a bit left of the window, so he's still got time to sign players. I just don't think he, he will. And if he does, I don't think they'll be too different in terms of type to what he has already because he, he is very set in a style. Nick. Then the FA will be kicking themselves that they went so early for, for uh, Allardyce, won't they? <laughs> oh, that'd be so funny. Nick Sweets tweets in, I'd like to hear your thoughts uh, and feelings on Mina Raiola and his £20 million agent fee uh, to push through the Pogba deal. Is that figure outrageously C-wordy or yeah. nah? Um it's a little bit weird this one so apparently the Pogba move is being held up by the fact that Mina Raiola is owed 20% which amounts to 20 million euros or 20 million pounds Manchester United have been asked or well Juventus are essentially demanding reportedly that Manchester United pay the whole of that usually it's split between the two clubs as reports today that Mina Raiola has cancelled Paul Pogba's scheduled medical at Manchester United until it's all resolved so is it outrageously seaworthy Lawrence? Um, I think sometimes papers report things as fact, uh, as if and it's just conjecture. I mean, sometimes I think people misreport the way that things go to try to make it look like things. Are, Twenty million is a lot of money. However, as a percentage, uh, probably sounds like quite a reasonable one, doesn't it? Um, and you know just, what? If you guys are willing, if you guys are willing to sort of play around with those big figures. There will be people along the way who'll say, "Pay me a big figure." Mm. It feels like a conflict of interest, though, as well. Exactly. How? In in the sense that, so you move so say, I can get money. That's yeah. the thing. He's, he's got an option of Manchester United, potentially Real Madrid, or State Juventus. I don't know how you're able to give objective advice on the best career move when you stand to make twenty million pounds from him potentially leaving his current club. And and this is actually, there's a great article that Jake Cohen wrote for the set pieces that talks about uh, the myths of the transfer market and, and him really explaining them expertly, as he always does. He is a fantastically interesting guy to talk to just about football and the business side. And the idea that clubs will sometimes hire an agent to facilitate a deal. So, for example, uh, Robin Van Persie's Venabaccia was in a, an instance where they hired his agent to, to orchestrate the deal. Same with Nani to Venabaccia. And for me, it, it does. It feels very, very unsettling almost to then trust an agent to advise you on the best career move from a sporting perspective. 
when you know they stand to make a sizable sum from a potential move you might make. Is it, is it, I mean, it's quite interesting, isn't it? I mean, surely just the structure of agents and those sort of things. I mean, there's, there's a lot of people who would say, you know, would you, do you not feel the same conflict with lawyers and those sort of things in certain situations? This is, this is where I would be tempted, personally, to instigate maybe set fees relative to the price of the transfer. But then surely Raiola would... Right. Ah, right, okay. So, so much lower than... So instead of saying I get 20% of your fee, which might be $120 million, you say, okay, for transfers between 10 to 20, you get this set fee and, and make it much lower. So that actually your incentive is not to inc- not to take a slice of the value of the player's move, but actually to in- keep increasing their transfer value so you get a higher payment that way. I, ju- I just think any time that you've got an agent with a stake of a player like that, it just it doesn't sit right with me. And it, that's not to cast dispersions on any of the agents involved because I think doing that is, is just a disservice to them because like with any profession, there are those who are um, a good reflection of it and those who are a bad reflection. And I, I can't claim to know Mino Riola at all. So well, I mean, at the same time, yeah, exactly. Maybe Pogba has a close relationship with them and maybe... Um, you know, Pogba has his interest at heart as well. You never know. Yeah. I suppose it's not just a one-way thing, is it? I suppose if you, you know, I mean, we see in the Ronaldo documentary that Ronaldo has a very close relationship with Mendes and essentially they realise the importance of each other in their careers. Um, and so therefore they kind of realise it's almost like a situation of you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And, you know, if, if, I, if I maybe, you know, maybe if Pogba says, you know, if I say, well, I want this deal, but I want my agent to get this. You know, what happens in the future? That's the one thing I found curious, and it's it's slightly rooted in the idea of the way the media portrays things. It seems as if Raiola has been very eager for Pogba to move on. I've never got the feeling with Mendes and Ronaldo that he's been trying to move him. It has always felt, and this is more just reacting and interpreting feelings on it that Mendes and Ronaldo have much more of a harmony in terms of they understand what they're trying to achieve I haven't seen that necessarily with Pogba and, and Raiola but again that's just one man's interpretation yeah I mean that is that is that is difficult to judge I guess isn't it without seeing the inner workings of anyone's organization good question here from aka juice why haven't Madrid signed any players if they are getting a transfer ban have you seen their bloody team? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it, Dave? They've they've been pretty quiet this summer, but at the same time, they've already got a very good squad. Of course, the squad that won the Champions League last season. I mean, there was talk of them trying to sign Pogba. Looks like they might be priced out of that one. The the Lewandowski rumours have gone quiet. I mean, why are they struggling to to bring in players? Apparently, they were going to go for Andre Gomez, like we said earlier, beaten to the punch by Barcelona, who making a number of signings themselves. What do you make of this one, Dave? I think it's always difficult to strengthen a team that's just won the Champions League. That's the hardest thing to do. You've just come to the pinnacle of your sport. It's very difficult to evaluate that and go again. They have signed Morata, and that's a very good deal. You know, a player that's coming back to his, his former club. But I do think, you know, you've to, obviously, to keep yourself at the top, you need to evolve yourself further. And I don't feel this Real Madrid team has done that this summer whether it is getting a new centre-back in. You know, they've got Varane, who's been a very injury-prone last few seasons. 
You've got um, Pepe, who had a fantastic Euros. You know, my my player of the tournament, but is getting on. You know, getting on a bit. Thirty four years old. Ramos isn't getting any um, younger. So I feel like a young centre back in there could be quite a good option for them, or maybe um, another right back. Danilo's move hasn't hasn't completely worked out. Uh, so yeah, just something like around there. I don't think they need that much strength in midfield. Maybe another defensive midfielder, you know, a real another Casemiro in there, just give them more depth. But I feel they do have a quite a complete team. Yeah, I mean, it is it is very easy to sort of say why haven't they made any signings? Sometimes teams actually just don't want to make signings. Um, but it, obviously, I feel like Madrid makes they kind of usually make signings for the sake of it. <laughs> they don't really need them anyway. They just go, oh, yeah, yeah I'm just going to snap up these players for crazy fees. But yeah, it's it's weird to see them this summer be. Uh, quieter than usual but most but to be fair there's still quite a long way to go on the window um, you know we are, we are still relatively early in that sense it's usually a saga though isn't there with Madrid it was James Rodriguez uh, the World Cup it's Bale the year before I'd be interested to see if they do there's these murmurings that they're going to revive their interest in Pogba uh, Zidane is apparently keen to bring him in whether they make a late sort of bid for Lewandowski but um, otherwise it's going to be interesting to see how they they cope really um <laughs> I'm not even sure where to ask this question. Uh, Esau Delgado asks, who's better with the ladies? Kristen Hennage or Squawker Dave? Good, I'll good let Dave question. answer this because I don't like talking about myself. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean, Chris? <laughs> well, you know, we all just know. We know about you, Dave. You could oh, look at it from perspective. Lines. I mean, not to, to divulge too much information, Chris, but you are not a single man, as far as yeah, I yeah, I, I have a lady, and I'm, I'm very happy with her. She is, she is brilliant. So, so technically, think, Kristen's got a hundred percent record. So does that mean Chris is technically better because, or does it? Does Dave being a single man, out and about in the town, the the, the male version of Carrie Bradshaw? You know, <laughs> does that mean he's better with ladies? I don't know. I mean, Do you make yeah. up your own mind. We, there's the evidence. You tell us um, who's better. Mm. Uh, you make a Sex and the City reference. Yeah, um, my girlfriend may have been watching it earlier in the flat. Uh, I don't like. I don't like it myself. No, never what are you it. like with the ladies, Adam? Me? You, yeah, I mean, you've um, got a girlfriend, right? I echo Kristen's. That's a hundred. That's a hundred percent record, right there. Surely. Wait, you're happy with my girlfriend? What the fuck <laughs> yeah, does that mean? Something like that. <laughs> There's something <laughs> I've been meaning to tell you, Chris. There's something I've been meaning to say. Uh, let's move swiftly on. <laughs> mm. To John Sheen, another interesting one. He said, favorite oh, Starbucks." Drink. Hope all is well, fellas. Um, all is well. Is that a two-part question? Yeah, firstly, are we all well, Lawrence? Well, he just put hope all is well, fellas, exclamation mark. Less of a question, more. Hope it's all going well. What's your favourite Starbucks drink? Was the question. Good. Uh, favourite Starbucks drink? Wow. Um, I don't go to Starbucks that often, but if I do, I go for one of those uh, caramel frappuccinos. They're pretty uh, good on a summer's day. You know. People, do, does anyone really go to Starbucks for coffee no, anymore? I don't know. I don't anymore, really. My, my, my girlfriend works for a coffee company and she's turned me off it. She says it's milky shit, basically. Mm. Um, and I should go somewhere proper she to get my coffee. What? You know? It's um, almost like you live in London, Adam, a financial bubble from the rest of Britain. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Although, you know what? Starbucks isn't that cheap. I remember when Starbucks was the place to go. Do you know oh, what yeah, I mean? It was. Oh, like, yeah. We should go. Where should we go, guys? Let's go to Starbucks. I've I have some very I happy wonder. memories of. If you still go in Starbucks now and you squeeze the coffee, you know the coffee um, oh, like yeah. packs. It smells really sweet. It's lovely. 
I somehow find myself in a. Have you ever been in those posh Starbucks? Posh I saw, I, no, it's like. Um, uh, it's really strange. It's, it's like uh, it's like uh, it, what's it's it? It's like you walk into Starbucks. It's like oh. no, no. You walk into a Starbucks and they've got it's like called like Starbucks Premium or something, and it's like really posh mm. and like decked out, nice. and they've got those like charging rings or something. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's one in New York. It was weird. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your drink of choice, Lawrence, good. from any coffee shop then? Uh, just always a nice. Uh, latte would be I, I, I think you can always judge a barista by how well they make a flat white or a latte right yeah mm, very true that a lot of uh-huh. uh, too many burn the coffee Jenny yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah <laughs> Chris what do you get from a coffee, coffee shop <laughs> um, I usually Water. get a green tea or yeah. a strained orange juice which Ooh. I know will make Lawrence laugh um <laughs> We also, I also, I'll be very honest, I didn't know what a flat white was when I first came to London. I genuinely thought it was bread. Genuinely, Chris <laughs> thought was in, uh, that the barista was insulting the girl next to me. Um, yeah. Flat white. I'll pick your pocket. Well, the thing is, when I first got there, a, a friend of, um, of mine and Lawrence's called Dan, um, mm. I told him how much I was using to kind of live on every day to, to eat and survive. And he's like, wow, I spend that much on flat white every day. And I was like, on bread? Yeah, you buy a lot of bread. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a flat white. It kind of does could sound like a loaf. I thought it was like a loaf or something like that. It sounds like yeah. some kind of pastry to me. Um, I'm still entirely sure what it is, to be honest. <laughs> I assume just what, a milky coffee or something? Yeah. Basically. No, well, yeah, not exactly, but yeah, close enough. Um, it's very nice. It's quite, it's quite tart. Mm, it's more, it's, it's, it's less milky, more coffee-y, I believe. Um, <laughs> Flat white tart. Final couple of questions here. One from Sartak Bahali sent in four questions, but only answer one in the interest of fairness. He said, name a player you think your club should offload. Um, I will say... Nabil Bentaleb and Ryan Mason have both been linked with moves away, and I'd rather see Ryan Mason leave because he's slightly older than Bentaleb and maybe has less potential, so... I'll plan for Ryan Mason, even though I like him, I'm a fan of him. Uh, who would you like to see offloaded from Manchester United, Dave? Phil Jones or Marcus Rojo? I'm going to go with Rojo. He's worse than Phil Jones with a load of shit. Boom. Uh, Lawrence? What? <laughs> um, in the interest of headlines, uh, Sacco. Uh, <gasps> I, I, don't, I don't really want to see him offloaded. I quite like Mamadou Sacco. I think he's a lovely guy. He does a lot of um, charitable work around the city. He's a good face to have in the squad. Um, and you know what? I think he's quite dedicated to the cause. I think people have complained about certain elements of his demeanour or the way that he acts sometimes uh, within the squad. Apart from that, I quite like the guy. Uh, who would I offload? It's hard to say it, but probably Moreno if Liverpool could sign another left-back. Ooh. I know that sounds harsh, but it's true. They've already they've already offloaded a couple of guys, but I mean maybe even Ben. Ah, right. Sorry, you made this one, Mario Balotelli. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, gave myself a bit of time um, to think about that one there. But Chris. I mean, it, it makes sense, doesn't it? Um, I was toying with the idea of Sissoko because of the money. Mm. I would say Manu Rivia, um, because it just hasn't worked for him. Yeah, and I, I think he's he's probably not going to play much, if at all, this season because 
you've got Mitrovic and Gale and all those kind of strikes. So I'd like to see him get a move just to potentially restart his career again because I don't like to see players not playing. Finally, Andrew Goulin writes in um, more given opinions than questions. Well, he finishes on the question. He says, Higuain has failed in the UCL and World Cup. 75 million buys a Serie A title, not the UCL. Massive overspend. Allardyce is a far better coach than Hodgson. Tactic style are debatable, but however you play, you have to play together. And he then says, Sold Joe Allen, one of the best midfielders at the Euros, is Klopp building a one-dimensional squad? Mm. Well, no. And on that note, that that brings it in (laughs) to the front three this week. Guys, it's been a pleasure answering your questions. Um, I think we got through pretty much all of them there. So thank you for sending in on Twitter. Do keep them coming. Hashtag I am the whole. Get them in at the front three. Um, We really should reiterate what what I am the whole came from uh, Uh, at some point. Maybe when the new season starts, we should do like a a zero hour podcast again. Do you know what I mean? Like a refresher. Like a refresher course. You know, like when you watch a TV show and it's like before season two starts, it's like previously on. Blood. Yeah. So we should. Yeah. Why Mario Gomez is a legend. Previously. Why yeah. Gary Gold scored so many goals. Yeah. Do you have to explain yeah. a bunch of in jokes and then all that? Generally? Previously yeah. on Tier Three Island. Exactly. <laughs> um, I'm, I don't know what I compare it to. What if this was a TV series? What would it be? Tier uh, Twenty Three in the house. Yes. Brother. <laughs> I think it'd be. Um, and Dave's writing stats on the wall in his own shit. <laughs> in his own blood and shit. About games that haven't even happened. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yeah, that would be difficult. Sounds really um, disturbing, though. Sounds incredibly disturbing. If anyone's writing anything on the wall and shit, it's definitely disturbing. <laughs> um, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, until next Wednesday... Kristen, thank you so much for joining us. Where can the good people find more of your work, which they should definitely be checking out? Uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, K-H-E-N-E-A-G-E, or Chris Hennage. You'll find me on either of those platforms. Um, And I'm currently preparing myself for the new season. I'm going to try some new things relative to the way I cover. Yeah, I know, it's mad. Like a YouTube channel, maybe? Possibly. It's one of the many things. You know what it is? Some people have been kind enough to ask about that and, and such like, and what I would say to them is I would only want to do it if I could commit the time to it. I wouldn't want to do it half assed because I don't think that's fair on myself or the people watching. It's not fair to content really, is it? That's, that's the thing. And I'm, I'm no big on content. The loser should never be content. Um, Lawrence McKenna until next Wednesday, where can people find more of your dulcet tones and face and things? Well, it used to be on Tier Farm, mate, but I'm never a down there anymore. Do you want to come um, well, You've been cut, mate. What are you talking about? Got cut. People still <laughs> use my phrases on week. the channel. People still use my phrases on the channel, but they they just they they change my face <laughs> out for any other generic white guy. Name one hmm? phrase. Uh, well, we wrote the rumor so that you don't have to. That's the tagline of the show, isn't it? Uh, pretty sure. But anyway, um, <laughs> no, it's all right, Adam. It's all right. Don't worry about Pretty it. Sure, I came on. Yeah. So, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> you know what? I wonder if you go back in the videos. There's got to be an original rumor rater, hasn't there? Where mm. you don't get the Some behind the scenes conversations on screen, though. Do you? We don't record those. 
Oh, yeah, take that, Lawrence. <laughs> I, 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 I wish, you know what, I wish we did, because then people <laughs> really would see that. ideas again, Lawrence. <laughs> True genius behind the say, do you want to come in this week to film, Lawrence? But it's fine now. Don't worry about it, mate. <laughs> Don't worry about it. No, it's fine. Speaking of stealing ideas, Dave, uh, where can people find you? <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> oh, i tell you well, what, I thought that one, and it wasn't even aimed at yeah. All the best ideas stolen um, live on YouTube. Just search Dave Talks and you can see some wonderful things that I stole from Lawrence. Um, yep. oh uh, you know, everything. It's all from Lawrence, really. Guys, it's an entire channel's worth. Go and check out Dave Talks. Um, Might as well be called Lawrence Talks. Go yeah. and check out Lawrence Talks. Go and check out Chris on Twitter and Facebook as well. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market you next Wednesday. Until then, have a bloody great day.